0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Detroit Sports Weekly on TMSNX, Detroit.themajors.net. I am Adam Hernandez. With me is Eric Gilson. Eric, how you doing on this hot Wednesday afternoon?
1: I'm doing alright. Back to work.
0: Yeah, after you almost lost your leg. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, welcome everybody to Detroit Sports Weekly. Um Got some stuff to get to today. Uh, Tigers right now are currently. um, Let's see where they're where they at. Last I checked, they were in. Oh, they're in the top of the ninth right now. Uh, Let me just get you how many outs, how many on, if any. If you can't watch the game right now, Uh, but the Tigers trying to avoid the sweep against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They are currently up. 5-4 Five to four, with one man on. Ramon Santiago up to bat. Nobody down. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that for you um, as the Tigers try to uh, try to avoid the sweep. And Austin Jackson's actually on first base right now. So. Um, Hopefully they can get some insurance runs and uh, pass it on over to Papa Grande. Other than that, though, like I said, we've got a nice show for you lined up today leading you into Grouty Radio over on TheMajors.net, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, We've got uh, our fan question, though. Do you think it's time for the Red Wings to cut ties with Chris Osgood as a player? Uh, We're going to go ahead and answer that question just a little bit. We're going to take you to about 6, or I'm sorry, 7.30 Eastern time. Uh, and we'll, like I said, we'll get to that question later. Other than that, though, you can uh, you can respond to that question. It's up on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Um Or you can call in and let us know what you think, uh, 734-259-4941. Or you can text it at 734-273-9982. As you noticed, we do have a new texting number so uh make sure you uh update your contacts or whatever it is you uh you uh you need to do with that um, other than that though we'll go ahead and get into our uh into our weekend rundown here uh the tigers one more series before they head into the uh all-star break which is very very much needed for them right now. They've uh, been playing a lot of games. They they do look tired right now. I know that's kind of that's you know that's an excuse, but um they do look tired and I'm sure this this uh this All-Star break will uh will do them more good than it would do them bad. Um but tomorrow night they've got the Kansas City Royals. Uh that starts up at 8:10 p.m. from Kauffman Stadium over in Kansas City. Uh we've got Mac Scherzer taking on Duffy. On Friday night, we've got the Tigers again taking on the Kansas City Royals. Again, another 8-10 start on that one. Rick Porcello taking on Kyle Davies. Again, 8-10 p.m. start on that at Kauffman Stadium. Saturday, we've got the Tigers, Royals, 7-10 p.m. start on this one. We've got Charlie Furbush taking on... (laughs) Hackever, or <laughs> I don't know who that is for uh, Kansas City. Um, never heard that name before in the rotation. But um, on Sunday they finish out the four-game series with a 2-10 start from Kauffman Stadium. And uh, last I heard, Justin Verlander is probably going to get the start on this game or in this game, um, and then he's going to go ahead and start again when the Tigers start back up after the All-Star break which um, I will get that to you right now. Like I said, all-star game happens Tuesday, July 12th. The Tigers have plenty of all-stars going. They've got, uh, they've got Justin Verlander, Jose Valverde, Miguel Cabrera, um, Alex Avila is going to be the starting catcher, so that's definitely going to be cool to see. And they also have, um, they're hoping to get Victor Martinez in there, so if you haven't voted for Victor Martinez yet in the final vote, go and do that at MLB.com right now. And there's a little thing going on with, uh, with the Phillies fans and the Detroit Tigers fans, similar to what happened a couple years ago when Brandon Inge was in on the final vote and Shane Victorino was in on the final vote. Tigers fans and Phillies fans kind of joined together and voted for each other's players, and they're doing the same thing this this year for Shane Victorino and Victor Martinez. So, Tigers fans, head on over to MLB.com, vote for Shane Victorino in the National League, vote for Victor Martinez in the American League, and let's get these players into the All-Star game. Right now, I believe Shane Victorino is leading the, the NL All-Star final vote um, with voting ending tomorrow, and Victor Martinez is in second place, not far behind Paul Konerko of the Chicago White Sox. So, like I said, head on over to MLB.com right now, vote for Victor Martinez in the American League, vote for Shane Victorino in the National League, and we can uh, we can get these players into the All Star game. So, and the Tigers would have a fifth All Star, which. Which is which is pretty awesome, if you ask me. Um, despite the way they've been playing lately, I think that it's uh, I think it is pretty cool if they can get five all stars into that game. Um, quick update, though, on the Tigers. It is still right now. It is still five to four, Tigers, and uh, they're actually getting ready to go into the um, into the bottom of the ninth. Howie Kendrick. Alberto Calypso and Mark Trumbo are due up for the Los Angeles Angels and I'm sure Papa Grande Jose Valverde will be coming in here to close out this game like I said five to four going into the bottom of the ninth at An- Anaheim Stadium in Anaheim California so other than that though we' are gonna go ahead and take a uh, we're gonna go ahead and take our first commercial break this is Detroit Sports weekly on TMSNXDetroit.TheMajors.net. majors.net we'll be right back
1: This week's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Gosh, Johnny, playing in the cave sure is neat. Oh, boy, a kitty cat. (laughs) Sassy, the kitty cat's yelling. What, Sassy? It's not a kitty, it's a bobcat? Speaking of cats, you like to stress the importance of adopting cats from animal shelters? Over five million cats go into animal shelters every year? And with millions of healthy cats to choose from, it's a shame more people don't adopt from shelters? This bobcat's Abby. Help, Sassy! Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow? What's that supposed to mean? Oh, nuts. Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Remember, adopt.
0: You know that the ice cream scoop can
1: make a child smile and that by slowing us down, the traffic light can keep us going. You know that the lawnmower makes life easier, that the blood bank makes life possible. But did you know all these ideas came from the minds of African Americans? Support the United Negro College Fund, because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Visit uncf.org or call 1-800-332-UNCF. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Once upon a time, old Scrooge sat down before the fire.
0: a bug. With great astonishment, Marley's ghost came through the heavy door and passed into the room. <gasps>
1: oh. What do you want with me? You will be haunted by three spirits. I'd rather not. To read A Christmas Carol and other books online, go to www.read.gov. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to Detroit Sports Weekly here at TMSNX Detroit.themajors.net. I am Adam Hernandez with me as Eric Gilson, 734 259 4941. Is the number to call in, you can text in at 734 273 9982. Ooh, that's weird. Yeah, I know. It, it is. It is a little weird saying that right now because usually before we had a 248 texted number. Now they're both 734s. Um, but like I said, um, new text number, update your contacts. 734 again, 273-9982. We've got our fan question up on our Facebook page. Do you think it's time for the Red Wings to cut ties with Chris Osgood as a player? So give us some feedback on that. Um, other than that, though, we're going to go ahead and get to the Tigers. Quick update on that game right now that it's currently in progress. Let me just get this updated here. We've got uh, Jose Valverde. Up against Howard Kendrick, or Howie Kendrick. Uh, two balls, one strike, no outs, nobody on in the bottom of the ninth. Tigers lead that game 5-4. Oh, and Howie, Howie Kendrick grounds out to Ramon Santiago. One out now in the bottom of the ninth. So, again, we will keep you posted on that. Other than that, though, we're going to go ahead and get into some Tigers talk right now. The Tigers... Um, not playing very well right now. They're um, they're trying to avoid yet another sweep. Um, well this is the th- third consecutive series in which they've had to uh, go into Game Three of that series to try to avoid the sweep. Um, didn't fare very well against the against the Giants. Didn't fare very well against the Mets. Um, the pitching was absolutely brutal. Um, the the hitting. In this game, or this series against the against the Angels, has been has been pretty brutal as well. Um, they were shut out last night in a pitcher's duel. Justin Verlander, Dan Heron. Um, great great matchup between the two. Justin Verlander goes uh, seven and two thirds innings before he was uh, before he was ejected um, for having to switch baseballs <laughs> during the game. And uh, he probably very well could have gone the the gone the distance for the Tigers, um, like Dan Heron did uh, for the uh, for the Angels.
1: I've been wondering what has been up with umpires lately and the ejections. In I don't of baseball.
0: I don't know, but that's definitely something that's. Um That is a, uh, that's definitely becoming an issue. It's like amongst the managers, players. I know Jim Leland was very, very vocal about it um, today in the Detroit News, saying that it seems like some of these managers are starting to get out of hand with the way they eject people. And keep in mind, too, that this is, that this umpiring crew right now that is, Isn't this, um this um, like the
1: one of the worst? The it country? is actually yes. It is
0: actually one of the worst umpire and crews like, in all of baseball. You've got two of the worst like umpires, th- in Angel Hernandez and um, and Joe West both on the same crew. Uh, Joe West is the uh, is the crew chief, and then Angel Hernandez is you know just one of the umpires part of this crew. And yes, they are. Both of these guys have been caught up in controversy before. Kurt Schilling, former. Boston Red Sox pitcher, former uh, Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher actually said before that it seemed like Joe West would rather be anywhere else in the world than managing a baseball game, which is uh, you know, we all have jobs and we all know that, you know, we we would much rather be in some other place other than our job at one given point.
1: I'd rather be at school <laughs> than my job. But I mean
0: when you're an umpire, though, in baseball, when you you're, you're under the spotlight like that, and when you know, it's I know baseball is just a game, but it's a, it's it, it's something that tons and tons of people around this country pay attention to, and you know, it's not a game. It, well, it, it is a game, but then again, you're right; it isn't a game as well. It's something that it's, it's a business. It's it action. affects it affects a lot of people. And you are very, very much under the microscope in this job, and it ha- you have to appear that you, that you, I don't want to say enjoy your job, but take your job seriously. And what I got from Kurt Schilling when he said that before um, regarding Joe West is when you say something, oh, I don't, I, it seemed like he'd rather be anywhere else in the world, but you know, but on this field, then it seems like you don't take your job seriously in terms of being a major league baseball umpire. Now I've never been in a major league baseball umpire, so I wouldn't know, but. When you have an umpire out there that that it, 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 it seems like he doesn't want to be there, obviously he's going to be making calls to try to speed up the game, perhaps. Um, other than that, though, yes, that seems like the like the umpires in baseball have uh, haven't had a very good run as of late, as far as the ejections go. And this is something that could quite hurt, that could certainly hurt baseball too in the long run. Uh, because fans don't go to baseball games to watch umpires, they don't go there to watch umpires throw somebody out of the game. Yes, it's 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 cool if it's if they're throwing out a player that maybe doesn't have a huge impact on the game. For instance, if the if if Joe West or Angel Hernandez went out and threw and ejected Ryan Rayburn, it w- it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But when you're going out there and all of a sudden you're ejecting Justin Verlander, people pay to go see Justin Verlander. People pay to go see Miguel Cabrera. People go and pay to see Victor Martinez. And it looks like we have a final now out in Anaheim. Um, It's actually a 1-2-3 inning for uh, Jose Valverde. Papa Grande is dancing right now. Tigers beat the Anaheim, or I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim 5-4. to four. They avoid the... California s- Angels? The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim in California. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tigers avoid the sweep 5-4 to four today. Um, Jose Valverde gets the save on 13 pitches, 8 strikes, and 5 balls. So... Um, again, it's good to see the Tigers avoid the sweep again. Hopefully, they can turn things around their next series, uh, their next four-game series against uh, against um, the Kansas City Royals. Uh, we've also, uh, as far as what else happened today, uh, Brad Penny, actually the winning pitcher, he moves to six and six. Um, Takahashi is the losing pitcher for the Angels, two and two. And, like I said, Jose Valverde gets the save, 21st save, actually, of the season, which is pretty awesome. Um, But other than that, though, like I said, up to this game, uh, the Tigers have had um, some trouble with their pitching, whether it be in the bullpen, whether it be out in the – whether it be within the starting rotation. And it seems like after that San Francisco Giants series, I don't want to say something had to be done, but something was done. Rick Knapp, pitching coach who spent two and a half seasons with the Tigers, was fired. Um, and the funny thing is, Eric, leading up to this series, a lot of people, a lot of fans weren't talking a whole lot about Rick Knapp. Most of most of the criticism was directed towards Lloyd McLennan, the team's hitting coach, uh, Gene Lamont, the third base coach, Jim Leland, obviously the manager, and Dave Dombrowski. You really didn't hear a whole lot about uh, about Rick Knapp. But it, it leads you to believe or it leads you to wonder whether or not fans would have been talking more about Rick Knapp if he wasn't fired come that following Monday. Uh,
1: I don't think so. I think it would have been more on Jim Leland. I.
0: I, I I I think so too, and no matter who you who it is, I mean Rick Knapp isn't out there all that much. I mean, I who, mean gets, who
1: gets blamed for the loss—the assistant coach or the head coach?
0: I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be Jim Leland. So I mean, and you equate that to the manager, yeah. um, or it's or Dave Dombrowski, the guy who put this team together. Um, Lloyd McClendon has been in the spotlight, given that we've seen. Everyday players have, have trouble with their hitting in Brandon Inge, Ryan Rayburn, um, and Maglio Rodonez. Uh So obviously you're going to look to the hitting coach in terms of that. Uh, but like you said, I mean, Jim Leland, and it, it, as far as Gene Lamont, too, Lamont goes, he's the one that's out there too a whole lot. He's the one out there, you know, the third base coach. He's the one that is seen every single day by the fans. And he's the one that's going to come under some scrutiny also. Now, I think it's unfair for Gene Lamont to, uh, to, be, getting this, uh, to be getting this criticism because he's a third-base coach. I mean, yes, players sometimes run through his stop signs, but, Eric, if you, if you look at things, I mean, Tigers fans are pretty much privy to what team? What team do they pay attention most to?
1: The teams in their own division are, oh, the Tigers. Exactly, they're gonna pay. I thought you meant like other than the Tigers. I'm like, well, I would think like the White Sox or.
0: No, but you're right. I mean, it's it's going to be the Tigers. Tigers fans are going to pay attention to the Tigers the most. That's the team that they're going to be watching every single day. They're not going to be watching, you know, what the Florida Marlins do. Down in South Beach, they're not going to be—they're not going to be watching to see what the Washington Nationals do. They're not going to see what the Baltimore Orioles do or the Seattle Mariners. They are focused on what the Detroit Tigers do. And of course, when you see players running through Gene Lamont stop signs, or when you see um, the Tigers leave, leave—you know—runners at second and third, and don't get the run in. Of course, you're going to uh, you're going to criticize that, and all of a sudden you're going to think, okay, well, okay, the Tigers aren't doing this right, they're not doing that right, so something must be wrong. And you know, I'm sure if you went and you watched the Seattle Mariners, or if you went and watched the Florida Marlins, or even a good team, even if you watched the New York Yankees a ton you're going to start nitpicking those teams as well is and start bitching about those problems. Now, as far as Rick Knapp goes, I can see why. You know, you look back and all of a sudden the firing of Rick Knapp s- makes sense. I mean, you look at Max Scherzer and Rick Porcello. Two very, very high draft picks. I mean, Max Scherzer wasn't a Tigers draft pick. he was a He was a Diamondbacks draft pick. But still, he was a high draft pick. Rick Porcello was a Detroit Tigers draft pick. Both guys who haven't been very consistent this season. Rick Porcello had a very, very good rookie season. Fell into that sophomore slump. And has had times this season where it looks like he's uh, he's starting to break out a little bit. But then he goes and he uh, doesn't make it past the second inning. Same thing with Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer has 10 wins now on the season. And has looked very, very good at times. Very, very much like a second guy in the rotation. Other times, he hasn't looked good at all. And then you look out in the bullpen. Phil Coke has never been able to uh, to get accustomed yeah, to was, that starting role. I
1: remember you always say you hated that move. I,
0: I never did like that move. Never, never, never did I like the Phil Coke in the rotation hey,
1: he move. Was, he was a uh, pretty damn good um, relief pitcher.
0: Yes, he was he was the Tigers lefty coming out of the pen last season and you know lefties are a commodity in major league baseball. I mean, lefty pitchers are are, are, are something that's important whether it's in the rotation or whether it's coming out of the pen. Now, I see, I know I see why the Tigers wanted to put Phil Coke in the rotation because he is a left-handed pitcher and they didn't have any other left-handed pitchers to put in the rotation. Uh but I think that's more the fault of Dave Dombrowski for not going out and trying to get a left-handed pitcher on the market or try to trade for a left-handed pitcher. Um, and I know the Detroit Tigers' farm system isn't all that great, but um, that doesn't mean you can't go out and try to get somebody via free agency. Um, and all of a sudden that forced the Tigers to use Phil Coke in the rotation to give them that lefty arm. Um, and, again, too, I, I never did like it. I'm glad he's back in the rotation or back in the bullpen now. Um, hopefully he could try to regain what he had last season for the Tigers. Um, but, again, um, we'll have to see what happens with that. But, like I said, when you again, when you look at what happened with Rick Knapp this season and, with well, really with the pitching staff, you can kind of see why Rick Knapp was fired. Um, and, again, you go further into that bullpen with um, – with Joaquin Benoit not not performing very well at some points during the season, and at times losing his uh, his his setup role in the seventh and eighth inning, um, and Ryan Perry as well. Ryan Perry, another high draft pick for the Tigers, really not being able to come around. Really not.
1: Don't they want him to be the future closer?
0: It seemed that's that's what they drafted him for to be that future closer. He he does have that power arm. He does have closer stuff, but he hasn't been able to
1: it, it live seems, up to that potential. It seems like every time I watch him, he gets lit up almost. Now yeah, well, I mean, he's
0: – yeah, well, then that's the thing with Ryan Perry. I mean, he, he's, he's very inconsistent also, and he shouldn't be inconsistent. I mean, Ryan Perry right now I think is in his third year with the Tigers and really hasn't shown much. He hasn't lived up to that potential, and you kind of put that back on Rick Knapp for not being able to uh, polish him into a major league reliever. Now I'm throwing out Daniel Schlereth and all of this because Daniel Schlereth simply wasn't ready to, uh, to come up yet. And I don't think that was Daniel Schlereth's fault. Um, he does need more time in, in the minors, in Toledo, to, uh, to you know get some control and work on his pitches. I think later on down the road for this team, I think Daniel Schlereth is going to be a very, very good pitcher for the Tigers. Um, Was Rick Knapp a scapegoat in all of this? Yes and no. Everybody needs to keep in mind that Jim Leland, Dave Dombrowski, and basically this entire coaching staff for the Tigers, is they're in the final year of their contracts. They're looking for new contracts with the Tigers. um, And... Somebody had to take the fall in this, so and that person was Rick Knapp. And when you look at certain things also, Rick Knapp also wasn't part of this whole Pittsburgh Pirates crew that was brought on here with Jim Leland and, and Gene Lamont, and I believe Lloyd McLennan, too. Um, so he was kind of the odd man out in, in this whole situation right here. But again, like I said before, it, it is somewhat justifiable for Rick Knapp to be fired, um, Jeff Jones actually took the bullpen coach takes over for Rick Knapp. Um, so we'll have to see how that goes. if If he can, um, if he could kind of turn things around with some of these pitchers, let's see if he could get Max Scherzer, um, back on the positive side of things. Let's see if Rick Porcello could come around. Um, let's see what he can do in the bullpen with Ryan Perry and uh, Joaquin Benoit. Let's see how we could work with these guys out there. So again. Um, Tiger's shaking things up a little bit um and they 're actually showing that um that you know they that they 're serious about winning, which is a good thing and but it 's never it's it 's a good thing in that sense but it 's never also a good thing that you know you have to make a coaching change midway through the season um as far as uh as far as the pitching staff goes further here. Uh, the Tigers definitely are going to be focused on the pitching staff. I think come the trade deadline, which is uh, which is coming up pretty soon. Um, you're looking at the at mid July as far as the trading deadline. I want to say July 20th is the Major League Baseball non waiver trade deadline. And um, John Paul Morosi of FoxSports.com came out and said that the Tigers aren't going to be paying too much attention to position guys like Jose Reyes. They're going to be going after pitching towards the trade deadline, whether that be in the starting rotation or whether that be out in the bullpen. They're going to be looking for arms. Um, now, I never thought that they were going to go out and acquire Jose Reyes. I never wanted them to go out and acquire Jose Reyes unless they were able, going to be able to sign him long-term. Three, four years at the very max. Um, I don't want to get Jose Reyes locked in for the next five years. Um, I don't like contracts over five years, to tell you the truth, just because just I think too much could happen in that time frame. In all the
1: sports or just baseball?
0: I'd say pretty much all the sports. I, I don't like long contracts like that.
1: With, I'd have to agree with that. Because you just don't – it's the unknown.
0: Unless you're a special, special player. Um, I'm okay with Miguel Cabrera getting that because – Eventually, Miguel Cabrera is going to be a DH, and he's still going to be a fe- an effective DH in this league. Um, it's not like he's
1: a pitcher. Well, it's surgery. it's not like
0: he has a prime position out out yeah, in the field. I first, mean, he plays first base. I mean, the worst he could do is uh, break a wrist. You could break a wrist, like like Albert Pujols. But um, Jose Reyes plays shortstop. And that's a
1: high traffic.
0: It's a high traffic. It's a very important position. And first base is important, don't get me wrong. But shortstop, I mean, look at the captain out in the outfield. Who's the captain out in the outfield? It is the center fielder. The captain in the infield is your shortstop. So um, shortstop's a very, very, very important position. And you don't want to get locked in for five years on a shortstop where a lot can go wrong in five years with your shortstop. They can blow out a knee. They can um, all of a sudden have a huge decline. You never know. So other than that, the Tigers are going to be looking towards, uh, towards pitching come the trade deadline, which I'm okay with. Who do, you, who do you see them trying to make a push for? As far as pitching, um, I definitely see some guys coming out of the, you know, looking for some guys in the pen. Um, they may go and look for a, uh, for a lefty starter. Um, I you, something like Gomez or something. Um, Rodriguez, I believe, is uh, Wandy Rodriguez from, uh, I want to say, the Houston Astros. There's uh, there's talk about going out and getting him. Um, there's also talk about Cordora from, uh, from the Los Angeles Dodgers possibly getting him, uh, but he does have a no-trade clause. Um, but if I were him, I would probably want to get out of L.A. considering all the trouble that they're having right now with ownership. And uh, and um Frank McCourt having trouble trying to uh trying to uh he might actually get a paycheck. Yeah, having trouble with this payroll and everything. Um but yeah, I could see some of those some of those guys possibly uh, being asked about. And also Ted Lilly right now is pitching in LA. Ted Lilly is a guy that um I wanted the Tigers to go after last sea or this past off season. Um he's a lefty starter. Um can be effective, can be very effective. And, he's, and like I said, he was a guy I wish the Tigers would have gone after. Now, if they could swing a deal for like a Ted Lilly or something from Los Angeles, then I think that that would be great. Um, other than that, though, um, again, Tigers have a lot of work to do. They have a lot of, you know, obviously all eyes are going to be on them come after the All-Star break to see if that second half um, downfall happens, that they're so... Uh, that they're so infamous for with Tigers fans here, and everybody's going to be expecting it. A lot of Tigers fans are going to be holding their breath. Um, so who knows? Um, that, is still, that is still yet to be seen. If the Tigers don't make the playoffs this season, I can certainly see Dave Dombrowski, I can certainly see Jim Leland losing their jobs. And um, I really can't argue for them keep, for them keeping their jobs. Maybe Jim Leland, Jim Leland more so than Dave Dombrowski. If the Tigers have another second-half collapse, then Dave Dombrowski I think definitely needs to go. Um, Jim Leland, I can argue a little bit more for Jim Leland keeping his job, but it's, it's, it's going to be very, very tough. Um, other than that, though, we're going to go ahead and take another quick commercial break. This is Detroit Sports Weekly on TMSNXDetroit.TheMajors.net. We'll be right back. Making money, stealing cars. Well, I was 10 when I first got involved with drugs. I skipped school because, you no know, nobody cared.
1: When I first got pregnant, school was not important to me, so I dropped out. I just thought the only way I can make something out of my
0: life is that if I get an education.
1: I still need to go to school to make, make it for myself. Stay in school. Give yourself a chance.
0: I think I'm happier now. I know I'm happier now. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Army and the
1: Ad Council. This is Carl Edwards here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You want to make a difference? It's simple. Be responsible. Plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk.
0: A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. People have all kinds of excuses for not saving energy. I didn't plug it in. I'll turn it off later. It's not my music. It's just one phone charger. So, um, we don't have those Energy Star appliances. So that old window leaks. How much energy and money could the new ones really save? Maybe it's
1: time to stop making excuses and start doing some simple things to save the energy and resources we can. Because a little here and a little there can add up to a lot later. And you just never know what people will need in the future.
0: My name is Sarah. And I'm going to get started today.
1: We can all help save more energy for tomorrow. What's your excuse? For more energy-saving tips that also save money, visit loseyourexcuse.gov parents.
0: This message is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy, the Ad Council, and the station. This is a major sports update. I'm Adam Hernandez, a Canadian sports doctor whose high-profile clients have included Tiger Woods and Alex Rodriguez, pleaded guilty in federal court Wednesday to bringing unapproved drugs, including human growth hormone, into the United States to unlawfully treat professional athletes. Dr. Anthony Galea, a healing specialist from Toronto, who was sought out by the biggest names in sports, was indicted by a federal grand jury in October on charges that he smuggled human growth hormone and other substances into the United States and lied to border agents to avoid getting caught. He faces similar charges in Canada. Some of the U.S. charges were dismissed, were dismissed with his plea. The perjury trial of pitching great Roger Clemens began Wednesday with word that the Hall of Famer Wade Boggs and former All-Star pitcher G- David Cohn could be called to testify in their former teammate's defense. Boggs and Cohn are among 10 former ball players or people associated with the game who could be called as witnesses for Clemens' defense against charges he lied to Congress about the use of performance-enhancing drugs. Clemens' lead attorney Rusty Harden told prospective jurors that Clemens' wife Debbie also will be a likely witness. U.S. Dictor Judge Reggie Walton turned to the selection of jury immediately after opening the trial Wednesday. The judge said he hopes to find 12 jurors and four alternates from a pool of 125 Washington residents by early next week for a trial that is expected to last into August. And in one sad note... Armin Gilliam, who was part of the UNLV running Rebels basketball team that made a run to the Final Four in 1987 and played for several NBA teams, has died. He was 47. The Allegheny County Medical Examiner's Office said Wednesday that Gilliam died Tuesday night at the LA Fitness Gym in Bridgeville while he was playing basketball. The office said the cause of death The cause of death has not yet been determined, pending an autopsy, which is likely to be completed later Wednesday. After college, the Phoenix Suns drafted Gilliam as the number 2 overall pick in the first round of the draft. Besides the Suns, Gilliam also played with the then-Charlotte Hornets, Philadelphia 76ers, New Jersey Nets, Milwaukee Bucks, and Utah Jazz. He retired in the year 2000. For more, check out TheMajors.net. In the meantime, we'll get back to... Detroit Sports Weekly on TMSNX Detroit. I am Adam Hernandez. Welcome back to Detroit. <laughs> Detroit Sports Weekly here on TMSNX Detroit. TheMajors.net 734 259 4941. You can text in at 734 273 9982. We just finished some talk on uh, on the Detroit Tigers. We're going to go ahead and move into the Pizza King, Mike Illich's other Detroit team, the Detroit Red Wings, who have been uh, wheeling and dealing here as free agency is now at the forefront of the NHL offseason. Um, Red Wings not doing a whole lot. They're not going out there and spending a whole lot of money on this free agent class. Um, they Actually, their first move on a player that wasn't their own, they go out and they sign Mike Commodore for a $1 million contract um, for one year. Then they go out and they sign Ian White to a two-year deal worth 2.875 million dollars. Mike Commodore, big defenseman, is going to add a lot of depth to that team. Ian White is a pretty talented guy. Um, very, very good puck moving defenseman who should um, who should fit in nicely with the Red Wings. They also re-signed Drew Miller. They re-signed Patrick um, they also re-signed Patrick Eves, and they re-signed Jonathan Erickson. Now, one thing I really, really do like what the Red Wings are doing this offseason is they aren't panicking. I think a lot of teams right now in the NHL are going out and panicking. They're going out and handing a huge, a lot of huge contracts to uh, to players that, quite frankly, shouldn't be getting these large offers. Ed Jovanowski got a four-year deal with the Florida Panthers. Now, Towards the end of that deal with Ed jo- Jovanovski, he should be—he probably should be using a walker out there to skate around on the ice. Um, I don't like—like like I said—I don't like a lot of these deals that some of these players are getting. Um, you all right there. Uh. <laughs> oh, you hurt your. Jo- <laughs> Anyways, um, I, think I pull the muscle. <laughs> pull the muscle. But like I said, I, I I don't like I don't like these deals. I really really like what the Wings are, are doing. They're saving their money. They're going to be going into the season with with money under the cap, and they're going to have some wiggle room here come the trade deadline this upcoming or this next season here, which is something they haven't had come the trade deadline because they've only had a million dollars or less than a million dollars to work with. So I really really like what the Red Wings have been doing. I think that these players are going to fit in nicely. Mike Commodore and Ian White. Now the thing with Mike Commodore is, is he comes in here with, um, with a little bit of history with uh, with head coach Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock was his coach um, back in Anaheim in the early 2000s. Uh, Mike Babcock didn't seem to be a huge fan of Mike Commodore then. Um, he ended up shipping him off to, uh, to uh, Anaheim's minor league team. Eventually, Anaheim traded him to Calgary. Now. When Mike Commodore was playing with the Columbus Blue Jackets a couple years ago, he said to the press that Mike Babcock was certainly an obstacle in his career. Now, again, those are interesting uh, comments made by Mike Commodore, considering that he is now part of the Detroit Red Wings organization. Now, I don't think this is going to be a huge problem um, because Mike Babcock recently came out and said that he, uh, that he was all on board. He wanted Ken Holland to pursue Mike Commodore. So I don't think that's something that, Mike, that Red Wings fans need to worry about just because also this organization is so tight um, as far as the way it's run. And I mean tight in terms of uh, that it's run really well. And this is an extremely well-run organization from top to bottom – from Mike Illich being the owner, from Ken Holland running that front office to Mike Babcock being the head coach, um, so I'm not concerned about that whatsoever. Mike, or uh, excuse me, Ken Holland also came out this week and said that they are looking to sign a uh, a backup goaltender because though that's something that also needs to be done this offseason. They it seems like they went out and they pretty much taken care of of the defensive portion of uh, of what they need to be taken care of now they need to take care of the backup goaltending situation now there's three guys who seem to be candidates to fill that that backup goaltending position one of those guys is chris osgood another guy is uh, marty turco and another guy is ty conklin who we saw here a couple years ago when he played And ty conklin played very very well here a few years ago when he was with the, the wing yes won us the winter classic um I think he's a guy that he's a very—I think he could come in here and be a very, very good backup for the Red Wings. Um, However, it seems like if—and it seems like right now, like Ty Conklin's probably going to be the guy. Um, We heard reports coming out today that it seems like the Wings— well, the reports would suggest that the Wings are very, very close to getting Ty Conklin. Um, Right now, Chris Osgood is actually in Scotland— He's going to be returning, I believe, Saturday um, because he's out there. He's in Scotland right now on a golfing trip with uh, with some of his Red Wings teammates. This was a gift to him um, for his 400th win this past season. So um, we're going to be hearing more. I Ken Holland said he wants to talk to Chris Osgood before making any moves. So I'm assuming sometime this weekend. We're going to hear about what's going to happen with the Red Wings' uh, backup goalie situation, and I think it's pretty much down between two guys. I think it's down between Chris Osgood and Ty Conklin.
1: If the Wings end up going with Ty Conklin, and he, do you think Chris Osgood will retire? Yes,
0: I think if uh, same thing with Chris Draper too. If Chris Draper isn't offered a contract at some at some parts. During this off season, if it's if it's not by the Red Wings, then he's going to retire. Same thing with Chris Osgood as well. Um, if so they won't go play with the Lions, no. <laughs> if uh, if if Chris Osgood isn't the backup goaltender with the Red Wings, then um, he won't be a backup goaltender for anybody else. He will retire. He will call it quits. Quite simply, he doesn't have anything else to play. No, yeah, 400 wins. He's, he has 400 wins. He's a multiple-time Stanley Cup winner with the Red Wings. He's or should be a Hall of
1: Famer, or will be.
0: Yes, and I, and that's an argument that we had on here before is, is, for Chris Osgood. I think he's without a doubt a Hall of Fame goalie, um, and he should be in the Hall of Fame. I think he will be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I believe, too, well, we will see the number 30 eventually raise to the rafters of the Joe Louis Arena as well. So
1: As well as number five. As well as
0: number five. So, um
1: and one through ninety nine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I, I think they should retire Sergey Fedorov's number two when that comes down to it. So, um, but you know, it's 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 tough. It's Speaking tough. Speaking of Sergei, where is Sergey now? He's playing in the KHL. Actually, you know what? Flash from Detroit Growdy Radio um, works out at Somerset Mall, and he actually helped Sergey Fedorov the other day. Um, I guess very very nice guy Sergey is. Uh, He's actually yes, he's actually playing out in the KHL right now with his brother Fedor Fetter Fedorov. Uh, but I don't know if he's going to be playing with them again next season or if he's going to retire. But he does actually still own a home in the Detroit area, so he does make the Detroit, the Metro Detroit area his home in the in the hockey off season. So, um, how many
1: cups did he win here? Three.
0: Sergei Fedorov was he here in 0-2? Yes, yeah. So three. Yeah um but, like I said, um, I believe it is down between Ty Conklin, and I believe it is down to Chris Osgood, and I, you know to tell you the truth, I think that meeting that Ken Holland is going to have with Chris Osgood is going to be a similar meeting to what uh, what Ken Holland had with uh, with uh, with Kirk Malpe last year. I believe he's going to be uh showing Chris Osgood his office in the front office he's going to be giving Chris Osgood a front office job. With the Red Wings, and um, they're going to be going from there. And I think that you know, you know, this weekend we'll probably hear an announcement that Ty Conklin has signed a contract with the Detroit Red Wings to be their backup goalie next season. That's my prediction. Um, I, I want to hear your predictions though, as far as Chris Osgood goes. I mean, should they cut ties with them in terms of a player? I still, I, I might be a little biased because I'm a big Chris Osgood fan. I love Chris Osgood. I think he still. I think he could still be a very, very capable backup goalie in this league. And um,
1: how old is Cy Coughlin?
0: He is thirty-five years old. Um, and he's a very. I mean, he could be a very capable backup in this league. But you know, I'm gonna. For me, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put my. Of course, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that I think it's. You know, Chris Osgood deserves at least one more chance here, given um, his injury-shortened season last year. Uh, but I still think Chris Osgood could, can stay healthy, and I still think he could be a capable backup in this league. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen, but if it isn't Osgood, I'm comfortable with having Ty Conklin go in there and be the backup, as long as it's not Joey McDonald. Please, please, please don't have it be Joey McDonald, which um, the Red Wings are still trying to sign Joey McDonald on a one-way contract to be the starting goaltender in, um, in Grand Rapids. Um a one a one-way contract would enable the Red Wings to bring up Joey McDonald in case there was a uh, injury to anybody else on the team. So um we'll have to see what happens with Joey McDonald though. Now, we're going to move along here a little bit. Um the Detroit Lions. Um, not a whole lot to report on them right now, given that the. Sue's back
1: from the Gumball 3000. Sue's
0: back from the Gumball 3000. Um, I have proof
1: of this. I met him at the Lions game. Yeah, you actually did. That's a,
0: Or at the Tiger game, you mean? Yeah, yeah that's. I mean, uh, that, that's actually cool. What Tigers game did you go to?
1: I was at the Mets game when Justin Verlander pitched.
0: So you saw a win. Yeah. And um, you saw Sue there, so tell us about that. What was that like? Um, he's big. <laughs> I we...
1: like you don't realize you know those you know how like you and me we can sit fit, sit, fit in those seats comfortably at Tiger Stadium. Yeah, <laughs> him not so much. Yeah, like, I,
0: I, I saw that <laughs> though. I saw him. I I saw the replay on TV because um, I didn't catch him the first time around. Uh, but I did. I saw Sue sitting in those seats with his tiger jersey on, which had to be probably one of the biggest tiger jerseys like, in uh,
1: literally i I looked over. I'm like I didn't I didn't it didn't click at first. I'm like, oh, I didn't know Sue played Sue played baseball. Then I look again. I'm like, oh my God, it's Sue. <laughs> yeah, that's that's
0: that's really cool. That is and really then, cool.
1: Then I went up and shook his hand. like I got him when he was getting up to leave. I went up and shook his hand, told him to have. It. I can't wait for the season to start. He's like, "Thanks." I'm like, "Good luck this season." He's like, "Thank you." I shook his hand. It was like grabbing onto a 2 leader
0: <laughs> And the thing is, too, is, he, is Sue isn't. Uh, he's actually an undersized, I'm, somewhat, yeah, like defensive lineman.
1: Yeah, he, he's he's tall too. Like, oh, I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty short. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're you're are well, you're not that short. I'm five five eight. Yeah, so. But, but, like, when you think of Sue, you, they say he's undersized. I hate to meet uh, Sammy Lee
0: Hill. <laughs> Sammy Lee Hill would eat me. I'm
1: talking about like Vince Wilfork.
0: <laughs> what about uh, B.J. Raji? I
1: would run. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but in terms of Sue, he, he had a he had a camp this past uh, in the area, a football camp, in Wild Lake Western. Yeah, Wild, Wild, Wild Lake Western. Um, where he told um, some of the participants in that camp that the Lions will make. The playoffs this year, I still maintain that the Lions are going to go eight and eight, and be
1: there
0: be there towards the end of the towards the end of the season, but fall short. Um, I, I I just don't see this team making the playoffs this upcoming season. I see them competing for the playoffs. I just don't see them making the playoffs. What do you think?
1: Though? I see them making a push for the playoffs. In it, it, it all honestly, it all rests on Matthew Stafford. Oh, sure, absolutely. I mean, if Matthew Stafford stays upright and just does what he does, like when he's healthy, when he just takes over games, Lions will make the playoffs. The biggest hump will be against the Green Bay Packers.
0: You see, I still think even with Matthew Stafford staying upright, and I do think, I I think Matthew Stafford is going to remain healthy the entire season this year. I
1: agree with you. Um... It, but
0: I still I still I still don't think I mean the Lions are a young team. Yeah, I the Lions are a young team. They've got a a good a good group of young players now whether it be whether it be Javid Bess, whether it be um Michael LaShore, whether it be Kelvin Johnson, Matthew Stafford on that offense. Um Titus Young, which I wasn't too happy with, but whatever, he's he's there. Um mm-hmm. and even on defense too, they've got uh you know they might be bringing back Chris Houston. The secondary is still yet to be seen. They've got Lewis Delmas as the safety. Five
1: um, at strong.
0: Yup. Um, Sue, Sue.
1: Bayerley, LJ.
0: Exactly. Averill. So I mean, it it just seems like they don't have the seasoning quite yet. I mean, it's, certain guys, certain guys do, like Kelvin Johnson. They, they still,
1: I believe, they still need more depth, especially in depth in for their special teams. Oh sure, because when you have when you have a good, spe- good special teams is what makes and breaks seasons. Like if you're starting from the 18 yard oh. line, oh sure, absolutely. rather than the 35, yeah, your I- chances of getting a field goal, or if you get if you get a three and out on like before the 20, you you're you're gonna give your opponent's gonna play on half a field.
0: Oh, sure. And, you know, I mean, in Matthew Stafford. I believe Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. So,
1: I, so do I. I've been telling my roommate, this Gary Bacoola Jr., that I see him
0: ending up molding into, like, a Philip Rivers-type quarterback. I, 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 I could see him definitely being that. Somebody with a, a very, very good arm. Um, Just not
1: the... Ass attitude. <laughs>
0: I'm a I'm a big fan of Philip Rivers. Yeah, I love, <laughs> love Philip Rivers. Um, hey, but yeah, he is he can be an ass sometimes. I'll like, give you that. But Philip Rivers just takes over games. Oh sure, and I and I think that and I think you're right. I think Matthew Stafford could eventually be that. Again, though, the big question is whether or not he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And no, another thing I would like to see them do is
1: they might have been able to finally do this with Mikel LaShore, but to solidify that running game. Yeah, I they, mean they need some they need some youth on this offensive line. I mean they have uh, they drafted two two years ago. Uh, Jason Fox mm-hmm. his uh, offensive tackle. Ooh, do you think he's going to be seeing more playing time? I it, I do actually because if if Goster plays like he's been playing and Corey Hilliard, I think he'll be splitting time with Corey Hilliard to see who will take over that spot
0: think you think Corey Hilliard is gonna play split time with Jason Fox or is Corey Hilliard gonna split time if with Goster? see I think Corey Hillier is gonna split time with Goster uh,
1: no I'm talking about if Goster gets injured okay. like he did last year okay um, but Goster uh, this is a break or break season for Goster
0: I, I I agree with you also on that point as well make a
1: break season for, uh, a break season for Stephen Peterman Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, they just need some more youth on this, and some better run blocking, and after that, the, that offense will be solid. I and mean, because everyone likes the flashy passing game, but to build up that flashy pass game, you need the threat of a running game.
0: Oh yeah, you need you need to mix it up a little bit and. The thing, with the, the thing with this defensive line, we, or I'm sorry, the offensive line, we, we mentioned it a lot before that the problem with this offensive line isn't the pass protection. The pass protection is actually really, really it's the good. Penalties. It's the penalties, and it's the run blocking. Yes. And that's it. I mean, well, when you say that's it, I mean, it's still a good I mean, portion. But still, it, I mean, they need to be better at run blocking. They need to stop. They need to be more disciplined. Yes. Bottom line. And I agree with you. You stay upright, Matt. You keep Matthew Stafford upright, as he's going to give you a much better chance at making the playoffs than if you have Sean Hill out there or Drew Stanton. Well, Drew Stanton may not be back, you know, depending on how the CBA works out and everything. But, um, I but I but with that said though, I think Sean Hill is still a very very good backup. Oh, I was going to rip well. on Sean Hill. Go ahead. I was
1: gonna rip on Drew Stanton. <laughs> well you know Why is well, you're, everyone you're, obsessed with Drew Stanton.
0: But you know, you've gotta give you gotta give Drew Stanton his props last year. He did come in, he, he dug did, in
1: the end zone. Yeah. I will not give him <laughs> anything for
0: that. I mean he did come in, he did win some games though for uh Yes. yes. For uh, the Lions. When
1: people were saying that after that he should be st- oh, you, starting. Oh, yeah,
0: that was that was nonsense. That was absolutely nonsense. That's almost
1: as worse as saying Nathan Basher is a starting
0: cornerback <laughs> in this league. Other than that, though, we're going to go ahead. We're out of time. Um, we, did, oh. we, did ha- we did have some Michigan stuff to get to, but we're going to go ahead and get to a quick um, Michigan preview on next week's show on Detroit Sports Weekly. Okay. Um, and then the week after that, we're going to go ahead and do, uh, and do a Michigan State Preview as well, so um, I won't be on in three <laughs> weeks. <laughs> um, other than that, though, um, make sure you stay tuned for Growdy Radio coming up next over on the dot net. Um, in the meantime, though, have a good rest of the week, everybody. We will see you uh, next S- Wednesday. We'll stay see on time. Saturday. We'll see you on Saturday though. For yes, and uh, make sure you tune in for S- Inside the Huddle. This Saturday, Saturday also
1: could be a Michigan and Michigan State update right there.
0: We could uh, we could do a quick college football update as on that show as well, but. Um, like I said, make sure you stay tuned for our Grotto Radio coming up at 8 o'clock Eastern time on TheMajors.net, com. And we'll be back at you again next Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on Detroit.TheMajors.net. Have a good rest of the week, everybody. We'll see you next time.